0: What radio, the music you want. What your host, Keys Dan. Is he giving off too much of a creepy oompa Loompa vibe? RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming at you live and in Living Color on another What Makes You Famous podcast. It's kind of an extension of my online radio station at RadioWhat.com. See how that works? What? Makes you famous. It's uh, either what makes you famous or what? Radio what makes you famous? A little more famous than you already were. Because to somebody, you are famous. Somebody loves you. Somebody out there cares about you. They do. They do, I tell you. I care about you. I'll be your friend. I'll be the man in your ear. Why am I talking a little bit like Catherine Hepburn? I've never done a Catherine Hepburn before that I can remember. I think I just did a very poor Catherine Hepburn. (laughs) Well, which brings me to who's on the program today. Jason Lancaster, my man, rock guitarist. Get to know a little bit more about Jason Lancaster. Find out what's going on in his life and how he came to be where he is now. I get to talk to him quite a bit, but I didn't know the story, and now I know a little bit more about the story, and if you keep listening, you will too. Let's take a listen. Jason Lancaster, guitarist, amongst other things.
1: Check, check one, two microphone. <laughs> check, man. Come on now. I look like I'm, I'm uh, in the red up there. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it's. Uh, <laughs> we can uh, make a fist in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> I hardly ever make a fist.
0: That's why the. That's why we got the spit covers on there. Mm-hmm. Make sure it works out all right. Jason Lancaster, man, is that the name
1: we're going by today? It's the name we're going by. I just I just use Lee Carlisle just to I don't know. I've gone through so many times and deleted that Facebook account or deactivated it because you know you can't delete it anymore. They keep everything. But just to throw a little confusion in there, you know. Yeah. You know
0: man. I, I've talked to you so many times, man. We've talked on the phone, we've talked in person. Mm-hmm. We've never had a long conversation. So I really don't know that much about you. And I'd <laughs> like to know more about you because I know you, it feels to me like you're a rock star, man. But, oh, uh, but oh. you know, either. All right. I'm going to relate it to to my experience, because when I was in Miami, I had some kind of modicum of fame, some some little bit yeah. uh, of fame where people would recognize me or at least recognize my voice because I was on the radio. So I was in their ears all the time at Exito 105.5, which is now a defunct station down in Miami. But uh, they would see me on the streets or hear me and say, hey, are are you keys, Dan? Mm -hmm. Dude, you know, and I remember (laughs) one time somebody saying, are you keys, Dan, or really making a big deal about meeting me? Yeah. And uh, another guy came up and I had to explain to him why i'm
1: famous you know or, <laughs> which is odd yeah isn't it though okay, i mean whenever you don't really feel famous you're just like yeah this guy knows me from something i've done in my well this is me projecting life. on you and this is how i, how I feel you know, like well, it's i mean that's that's fairly <laughs> accurate i mean um hey, i was part of a group called few left standing back in the day which this would be like 98, 98. 99 to 2000 okay and uh a few Few left standing. Few left standing. And we we were fairly, I mean, we played shows here in Little Rock, uh, played Vino's, a uh, couple other places. We actually opened for POD at the fairgrounds, and it, that was when they first got signed. What fairgrounds Atlanta. would those be? Uh, whatever the fair, fairgrounds are
0: in Little Rock. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll say Little Rock Fiddle Fairgrounds. I, yeah. I'm just saying, because
1: they don't know where we're at, man. These are people all oh, over the sure. world listening to this. But uh, but there was like a a a big Christian uh, metal band called Living Sacrifice and wait first, Christian metal Christian that, metal that sounds like an oxymoron to me no. is it is it metal the devil's music it, it, it's a very big market I'll say you know, oh, okay that there's, yeah yeah Christian metal is is a, is a it's a big deal. Whatever gets your
0: message across, man, if you get to the kids, you know? Right,
1: right. But uh, Living Sacrifice was big in this area. And, uh, you know, we were friends with them. Of course, we were from the Memphis area. I mean, I'm a transplant here. From where? From, uh, from Memphis. From, or, or from I, Memphis? West Memphis across the river. Now, West Memphis is, is not Tennessee. It's not Tennessee. It's actually it's it's uh, a town across the Mississippi River in Arkansas, on the Arkansas side. So
0: the people so. that went and developed that town just said, uh, "I don't know what to call it. But what do you guys called over there? And yeah. where are we, West? Yeah, okay, let's just call it that. West. Yeah,
1: West. yeah, yeah. They they weren't very creative. <laughs> yeah, we're just West Memphis, West of Memphis, South of Heaven, is what I say.
0: So uh, that's on the split of the of the river of the Mississippi River.
1: Yeah, you've got you know you've got West Memphis and you've got the levee, you know the the coals back the. You know, the the Mississippi River when it floods and it floods a lot here lately, it seems like. What? I mean, oh yeah, it gets almost to the to the crest here lately. Um not like New Orleans flood. N- no. Not no, that levee break but, flood. But you start going oh you know, once it gets to a certain point, but uh but yeah, so so yeah, West Memphis is on an Arkansas side. All right. And I grew up for the first eleven, twelve years of my life there in west memphis then i moved to, to outside of chattanooga tennessee what year is this this oh my goodness this had to be let's see 88.
0: 88 88 hey just to tell the listeners we're not in the usual radio what studios we're hanging out in uh jason lancaster's uh, dining room i guess this is Nice table. Yeah, me, Casa, it's, it's kind of a rainy day. The rain has lit up a little bit here in Conway, Arkansas, but uh, certainly uh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so if you hear any background noise,
1: it's the fam. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, a Sunday it's My Sunday son's morning. in there playing you know, playing video games. and My wife's in there listening uh, and, and just on her phone.
0: Well, that—that's not say anything too stupid. Nah, it's the American family, yeah. man. Just everybody on their own screens doing their own thing, which is great. And every once in a while, just come together and love you. Still love you. All right, yeah. sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so back to eleven or twelve years old, coming out of West Memphis.
1: Yeah, um, going to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, well, Saudi Daisy. Saudi Daisy. Yeah. I, um, Population. It, it's crazy. There was a town called Saudi. There was a town called Daisy. Mm-hmm. Okay. They merged Okay. Saudi Daisy. So Probably because there was three guys on that side and yeah, four
0: guys right. on that side. Man, we don't have enough for a town.
1: Right. They, yeah. <laughs> and one coon dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they had two stills, and they, they had to come together for one moonshine still you know, <laughs> to sell to the other hill people.
0: Now, do you know the history of Saudi Daisy? It, uh, no. How many people lived there? Oh, Is it no, a I, tiny not,
1: town? No. It wasn't a big town. Um. I actually... Yeah. I mean, we... I lived in sight of the Tennessee River and uh, TVA, like the, I guess the big new plant there on the Tennessee River. My dad worked at that point in time. It was an engineering company called uh, Combustion Engineering, and they inspect the welds on the containment for the, or my dad has worked for companies, engineering firms that inspect the wells on pipelines and the containment for the uh, reactors for nuclear plants. So dad's been doing that his whole life yeah. or his whole uh, career life. Pretty much. Yeah. He he grew up in a heat treatment plant. You know, like his his father owned a heat treatment plant. So him and his brothers worked in it. That's kind of how he got his way into this job as a project manager for. You know, this work he does and inspecting the wel- the the welding of the, you know, the pipelines and, and whatnot. Inspecting nuclear facilities. Right. Just go, going in and making sure there's no like cracks or inconsistencies in the in the walls and the containment. So I know people
0: are wondering, has anything ever gone wrong to your knowledge that your dad has
1: figured uh, out? I mean, he's saved the day. Mm, no, nah, he's told me like some things, but nothing, nothing that drastic. He's had to be scrubbed down. You know how you, got, uh, and you get. You get, get a little overradiated, you know? You got to wear those those uh, meters. Yeah. You know, let you know how much radiation you get. Because they'll, you know, they'll shut down a facility, what they call uh, what do they call it? Um, I can't think of what they call it right now. The but nuclear. An outage. An outage. An outage have an outage, those guys will go in, they'll inspect everything, make sure everything's, you know, the, where where it needs to be. And he's shown me videos of where uh, they've bought those mini subs from the uh, from the military, and they sink them down into those reactors. And what they do is those reactors have the uh, with people in them. No, that oh, they okay. have like the ultrasound uh, equipment on them, and they just basically right. go around the, the insides of that of that uh, containment. You know that that concrete, I guess. Yeah. And, and the big old cone just, that you yeah, that you look at. Just basically send that send that ultrasound there, and and make sure there's nothing. You know, it it's going to stay in the damn reactor. You know. Dang. So,
0: yeah. Wow, well, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so your dad's kind of a homer simpson he's
1: i see i knew, but, that, I knew but, that was coming i all my friends asked if he glowed in the
0: dark whenever i was younger but definitely more competent as uh, and then uh mom yeah. what it what's mom do uh homemaker homemaker man homemaker. toughest job in the whole wide world
1: yeah. right there yeah yeah she she you know my dad was off all over the world so i spent most of my time around my mom so my dad would come home we'd we'd clash you know he'd come home and expects to be one way, and you know we were living another. Oh yeah, you know, so that's kind of kind of tough when you. Oh yeah, you got to get reacclimated there. Yeah, he comes home and it's like you know my my house my rules, and it's like well you hadn't been around. Yeah, where you been? We've been doing this, but I mean I get it. Yeah, but he's working, you know, trying to provide for the family. Yeah, yeah hey, exactly. know, I,
0: I understand. I, you know, I I work what two three jobs just. <laughs> You know, to make at sure least, at least. that that my family stays, stays provided for. And yeah, it's yeah. just the way to do it, man. It, and it, it I'm, I, I'm amazed when I see, you know, the, the, the dual income family. And I, I wonder how, how often they get to, together, you know, and I, it seems like you're working out just fine. You would, yeah, your, yeah. your situation, you got plenty of family
1: time. We, we have worked hard to get to this point, you know, right. cause we, uh, I mean, we're, in the, we're in a house we love, you know, uh, finally we're in a, in a town we love.
0: Congratulations, by the way, new house, pretty much. Uh, I'm, You know? Yeah. I, I look forward to the time that I get out of my apartment, man, because uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's nice to have your own place to kind of just do with what you, what you want. You don't have to go by landlord. Right. So, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So we moved to uh, to Saudi, Saudi Daisy, Daisy and that's really when 88. I'm a, yeah. I'm a guitar player, by the way. You know, oh
0: music, you, oh, oh you play guitar yeah, that's
1: oh right. that's fascinating but yeah <laughs> so uh so
0: that's uh and, and wait where, when did you pick up guitar
1: well i picked up i picked up a little bit before we moved to uh tennessee now uh, what age did you <laughs> happen to pick up a guitar or start playing At any point, instrument or get uh, about 10 I 10 have a co- years old cousin who got a uh like a knockoff uh fender strat nice and uh and i picked it up played it more than he did so i you know and i just sort of figured out things by ear and uh, it wasn't until we moved to to saudi daisy that i actually really picked it up because i didn't have friends at that point i sat up in my room and i just learned everything by ear i had by yourself yeah no instruction no instruction like um you know because i didn't own a guitar my mom had a old suzuki learner acoustic i think it was terrible like yeah, the the strings were like a mile high off the fretboard okay you know? so i just i ripped my fingers or thread just like learning like iron man and you know the this the acdc song that you learn when you're first being you know, playing guitar sure and but so i don't know what a mile high string well, means you know, is, is, is it bad I guess it's bad. The, it sounds yes, bad. Yes, the action. You know, they they call it the action on a guitar. You know, you you go to press down the strings to the fretboard to make the sound, but the strings are so high that you had to work so hard to to press down the, you know, on that on that fretboard to get the chord to get the chord. Yeah. And you can't bend the strings so easily, or is that it, no, no? It just it just was it was a cheaper guitar. So Suzuki, probably something you pick up at a department store, maybe right? And that I mean that thing was at that point she had it when she was a kid. So oh, it was okay. like from the like sixties. All right, all yeah, right, early to mid sixties probably. So
0: you learned on that by yourself in your room, yeah. Listening like, to the radio and playing along.
1: Yeah, yeah. Until I got my own knockoff Stratocaster. Okay, you know, and Did you get a squire. Uh, it wasn't a squire. It was called a Memphis. A Memphis. It was a Memphis, which I, you know, when I got older, how prophetic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was a, 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 I say, famous music store, but there's a music store in Memphis called Strings and Things. Excuse me. And uh, I, I think they may have had something to do with those guitars. I'm not sure. Oh, but, you think uh, they built them, or, or, may, or yeah, or yeah, maybe. Because I, I I remember seeing a few of those in there. It may just be that they carried them, but they were. I've never really heard of that brand. And this is an acoustic guitar? Or no, like it was an electric. It was a. It was like a Fender Stratocaster, like a Jimi Hendrix style. Okay, you know, guitar. But uh, that yeah, I, I got that, and I had a little dean markley or no 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 that was that was later actually i had like a sears amp yeah like a maybe like a five or ten watt a particle board amplifier you know in a in a distortion pedal and i thought that was oh my god it was the greatest thing in the world
0: hey i think uh i think the boy has done something he's saying no he's saving the world one one video game at a time what do we got here what did what did he do
1: uh, we're doing
0: like a, a podcast. Yeah, he's introducing his boy right now. Uh, Morgan, by the way, and Morgan's playing video games. What game is that? There, uh, it's one, piece. one Piece. Is that uh, based on the the uh, the anime anime that they keep talking about? Oh yeah, I listen to the Southern Fried Geekery <laughs> podcast, oh, and they talk about they it. talk about One Piece all the time. Two of their guys is really into manga and anime. Oh yeah, I've never even. <laughs> that's the first time I'm seeing it all right all right yeah thank yeah. you morgan all right cool so uh <laughs> we're in uh we're in saudi daisy we got a right. memphis uh knockoff of a squire Stra- i mean of a stratocaster yeah, i mean it's
1: basically the same thing fender squire it's just the squires and the cheaper oh brand. yeah we were going over what app did you have it it was i don't even know what it was like something you get out of a sears catalog Okay. Yeah, and it was it was great. It had tremolo on it, some little reverb, you know. And so, uh, how old? Uh, 10 when I think probably probably a- about eleven. Oh, okay. So this is a year 11. later after you yeah. picked okay. was
0: it mom said, Hey, you've been using that Suzuki
1: long I, enough? I, I guess she she realized that it wasn't just a, a phase. So she yeah they let's give you that. something to do yeah yeah and they actually got me lessons that lasted maybe a month because yeah. the guy would show up like you know he had the feathered hair the big hair you know who didn't so he had, he had the big hair and he came in and you know he was you could tell he was he was really too cool for this but okay. it, was, it was at a music store he would come in and give lessons sure and uh what did he teach you well he really he would you know try to teach sort of the basics you know the mary had a little lamb type stuff all right but scales maybe yeah but at that point yeah at that point i'd actually like the blue scale the pentatonic scale um but at that point i learned most of that you know so he'd come in and i'd be like oh yeah okay you know i got that kind of already he came in with a white lion uh solo you know uh, the, the band, yeah, White the band Lion. White yeah, Lion. Yeah. He came up with the tablature for a White Lion solo, and I'd already learned it. Okay. Yeah, so he was like, oh, you already learned this. Like, yeah. Well, so you yeah. were the smart kid in class, man, yeah. that was raising his hand for everything. Yeah. Because you knew it all already. But, uh, I guess oh, what <laughs> Inner, uh, Inner Sandman Old had to come out at that point. And I remember uh, there was a kid before me going in for a lesson, and I picked Inner Sandman up just by watching that kid right sitting there waiting on my lesson
0: right
1: so you know at a certain point i was like that's this guy's showing up late leaving early and i'm already learning the stuff beforehand that he's given me so i think i'm good that's a gift you got that you can see and hear and yeah. play it don't ask Three steps. me to read anything, right? You know, and of course, and I'm like a lot of people. You get older, and you're like, ah, oh, I wish I would have learned to to read and learn the charts and all that stuff. Sure, I, I just I learned by ear. I mean, like a lot of people, you you're you're the kid who has a short attention span. So you're like, ah, this is taking too long. You know, I don't want to learn. You know, the, from the Mel Bay book, Mary Had a Little Lamb, and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. You know, I want to I want to learn. At that point, it was like Ozzy Osbourne. You no, know, it just amazes me. Oh hair metal. I
0: have a cousin, Timmy, that does that. Just hears, plays. Yeah. It, amazing. Uh, so you got this, uh, this Strat and the no-name amp from the maybe Sears catalog, and you're 11 years old and thinking about being – or no, what? Where, where do you head from here?
1: Uh, Ozzy's next guitar player. You oh know? well, yeah. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, why not? <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to be the Randy
0: Rhodes. Of know. course, he can be. He, let's do it now. Did it Did that ever happen? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It did not. We could still. Hey, the dream is still alive, Ozzy. If you can hear me, yeah. Call Jason Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. right. Look him up.
1: I, th- I think he's good. I, thought, <laughs> yeah. I think he's good right now.
0: All right. So, 11 years old, Saudi Daisy, small town. When do you get to the big town?
1: Well, we we weren't there super long. We were there maybe like a year and a half, 2 years, and then we moved back to West Memphis. At that point, we just, you know, my mom missed her family. Okay. I missed friends I had, but by the time I got back, you know, at that at that age, you know, a few years is is a big is a big deal. Right. You know? A lot happens in those years. So the friends that I had before, I really didn't have after and yep. you know they they moved on to do different things by this time it's it's the dog years right Oh, you 12
0: 13 yeah 14 uh, 13 14 13 like 14 and
1: this is 90 yeah maybe? right 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 okay we're in <laughs> so, that area yeah so i come back and basically start high school at that point like ninth, 10th grade yeah you're a new kid though yeah. new like, kid with a guitar new kid with a guitar yeah yeah right. that, that could be pretty popular coming in just spin it Coming, what's what's that? Did you spin it? Did you use it? Oh yeah, yeah, I used it like you know. Oh, you're talking about use it to my advantage? Yeah, f- yeah, for oh, sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, at that point, we're coming to the grunge years. Okay. So so yeah, so I, I found another buddy who played, and we, uh, you know, over the over the course of a couple of years, we, like started bands in high school, and sure. he had a his dad owned a laundromat, so like at night after it closed. You know, everybody would leave. Yeah, we'd come in. All our musician buddies would come in, and we would, you know, we would just jam like to, like one or two in the morning. That's a nice I situation oh, to have a great. space that you can just blast, yeah, man, and, exactly. and work out your
0: frustrations, work out whatever you, whatever you, you you're thinking of. You create. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: exactly. So, in so, what kind of musicians do you have? You have your guitar. And- I'm the guitar. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was like, like I said, it was the grunge. You know, time. So we were learning uh Allison Chains and Soundgarden and uh, wearing plaid shirts. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, so that was the years I was really you know, learning, really kind of getting better. And and then I ended up meeting um, a couple of guys named Zach and Dude. Name, perfect rock, rock guitar rock names already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude was a drummer. His name was David, but even his dad called him Dude. dude. What? Yeah, and you know these these guys were way. I mean, they were way ahead. Uh, okay, that they were a, a drummer and a bass player. Yeah, and so we we hooked up and would just jam. You know, we were like the guys. You know, we were the guys. You know, in town. You know, we uh, we would just get together and play like Primus. You know, okay, Zach that's was, pretty fun. That was learning how to do all the slap stuff. And sure, dude was a phenomenal drummer, but we could pull it off, and we were doing like under the bridge. Um you know, red hot chili pepper stuff, the primus stuff. All the fast stuff. That you- All the stuff at that time, you know, people were like, oh, if you can pull that off. Speed. You know,
0: yeah. Yeah. You're going for speed.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I did that in high school and I ended up meeting, um, uh, one of my best friends, um, Aaron Winter. And Aaron ended up going on to be the bass player for Feel Standing, which is probably the most famous. You know, I get is is being a few left standing.
0: All right, we'll get there. What was the what was the band name before? Uh, What names did you go through in the increment?
1: We, I'm trying to think. I don't even really remember a lot of names. (laughs) I remember. Did you play any gigs though? A a few, a few here and there. Talent shows, talent shows. Yeah, a couple restaurants, maybe. Yeah, well, I, I I I've actually gotten to play on Bill Street, and I think it was like Rum Boogie or you know something like that. How'd you do in the yeah. talent shows? Did pretty good, yeah, I mean, pretty good. Yeah, I think we won our talent show in college and uh, in high school. Of course, we you know I, I, we didn't. I mean, we played played an Aussie song, but you know, of course, All right. You know, somebody. Uh, singing the wind beneath my wings probably won. You See, know, full and,
0: disclosure, right? Putting people that are creative in a
1: competition,
0: I- I'm still battling with that. Trying to figure <laughs> out, you know, look, are a metal guy against a you know, rhythm and blues guy, against a juggler, against a comedian.
1: How well, you know, man. there's there was kind of a racket uh where these clubs would have uh talent shows. Sure. And you know they'd make these young bands go out and like you basically have to sell yourself sell tickets to the show right and uh you know this so they're making money sure they, they are. are not making money sure they are they're so making we, they got free entertainment there we
0: we never yeah. got into that Battle of the DJs all right bring your own stuff <laughs> yeah and uh you know pay twenty dollars to get in and provide entertainment for six hours what yeah. <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> for free for the club yeah so we we didn't get into that so um but you know i did play around a few places i we we had started up a few bands but nothing nothing really of note until until we get to few last standing let's get there yeah. let's get there what year is this this is you meet air aaron 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 well we had worked together in a grocery store okay um, uh go ahead at, give at, a shout at, out to the grocery school. store and actually, you know, my wife I worked there also. Okay, uh, is, is a Big Star, Big Star, Gene Jean, uh, Jean Stimson's Big Star. That's
0: big in the South. Yeah, yeah. So is it still on? Because I've seen some that are closed.
1: Um, I don't, I don't know.
0: I uh, guess there's still a few around.
1: There's probably a few around. I think the Big star is still there in in West Memphis. There were two good place to work grocery uh, store. I wise. mean, when you're in high school, sure, yeah, yeah. But you know, I but, worked in the grocery store when I was in
0: high school. Yeah, I worked at a Publix and in florida
1: it's a it's a good experience yeah
0: yeah um you learned spilled a drink on dan marino once really yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was working in the deli you know and and he came up hey can i have nice tea sure i didn't put the cup on the cover on right because hey it's dan marino standing in front of you and you're 17
1: (laughs) you know was he cool about it
0: he he said uh (laughs) his wife was much cooler he didn't okay he didn't like well he was carrying his little kid too his baby oh so uh yeah he he didn't like signing autographs because a lot of times, Mr. Marino, Mr. Marino, could you sign my Publix bag, you know? Or but it, you know, he oh, come on, give away, yeah. you know. I'm yeah. sure I'm with my family, yeah. but yeah, that's a whole other story. Hey, I like Dan Marino, and mm. Dolphins are still my team. Go! <laughs> <laughs> so, <all
1: right. laughs> uh, but yeah, you know. So I, I guess there was high school, and then I played in college and with my buddies, uh, and uh, we get to feel standing. You know, out of college. A few left standing. What year? standing? This was like ninety
0: eight. Ninety eight. Okay. So you're past the grunge phase. Yeah. You got that in your repertoire. Yeah. You got some uh some uh uh Metallica in your in your
1: pocket mm-hmm. there, prime. Which, which I yeah, I was a big metal head. You know, okay. start, but like when I was in the bedroom, you know, learning guitar, it was, you know, headbanger's ball, it was Sure It was all that it was the you know anthrax, a metallica slayer. You know the big four, as they call it. You know, Mega Death. Your influences. My
0: influences. That now, I, recently, I heard on on a different podcast a guy outgrew his metal phase. <laughs> what does that mean? Have you outgrown your metal phase?
1: I look, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it 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 always gets me when I hear guys say that because you know I get it. You, it's a, uh, you know. You get softer as you get older, or you just get into you, you broaden your horizons and you get into other things. but for me, it was never that way. you know no. yeah, I did broaden my horizons, sure, but, but for some reason, I just kind of went you know this there's so many subgenres of metal, yeah, and even metal guys I hate to call it metal sometimes. It's just basically like aggressive music, right, you know because i I branched out into punk and hardcore. And, you know, the alternative, you know, metal, um, progressive metal, progressive rock. Man, you got to give me examples of all these things. What what, what, if there are they subtle nuances, just real? It it, it gets to where it's just hard. It's hard to pin down because a band will throw in, you know, they'll throw in like an influence that isn't a normal influence. Sure. I mean, Primus is is pretty aggressive but you wouldn't really call it metal although they get lumped in right you know right. they they're on they were on OzFest back in the day but it's not really metal Oh, cuz they're doing covers
0: of, of things sometimes too aren't yeah. they yeah. aren't they kind of a uh, what reggae does where they do Covers, but in our Sky does where they do covers of songs,
1: but in that yeah, form. Well, I mean, they've got their own stuff, but yeah, it's they not, do. It's not really like the guitar player I think was in a in like a tech death metal you know band back in the day. and, okay. and he got with Les Claypool and and uh I, he just started doing this weird kind of noodling over whatever Les Claypool was doing, and it's not really metal. It's not like he's doing power chords um and chunking along but uh what's well, a power chord? it's uh it's basically like a dumb bar chord. you're okay. you're taking the root two notes <laughs> two fingers uh, two on fingers. on the neck
0: yeah and grabbing what it like the uh, it's it's one and the third one yeah and and yeah the, Top string and the bot and the second string.
1: Yeah, you're you're you're. It's the next string. It's like uh, one fret apart. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wish I had a better. No, no, like, very way no, very. used. people will figure it out. But yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so he didn't really do that. He did like just sort of this weird jazzy. Okay. You know, uh, fusion sort of influence thing over whatever Les Claypool was doing. But, yeah, I mean, that gets lumped in with metal, but it's not really metal. So I guess that's really, you know, my thing is just aggressive music. It's just kind of oddball. But I definitely do love the metal. and I never grew out of it. I still listen to that stuff. But, you know, I I listen to jazz, reggae. I was in a sky band for a little while in college. Yeah. You Broaden know. your horizons yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So, you know. so few left standing, uh, you, 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 get out of the grocery store with, with Aaron. Yeah. And, and, and uh, who else? Uh, well, I mean, at that point I, I meet, no, we, uh, Aaron and I played with a drummer named John Keegan. Okay. And he was, he was a few years younger than us. Okay. And, um, he was, he was like a little weed head. You know, all
0: right. What does Aaron play?
1: Uh, bass. Oh, Aaron plays bass. Yeah, okay, plays bass. and then your lead. Yeah, yeah. But you know, John, John was like our little our little brother. Little he, weed he still is. Okay. Right. But yeah, that at that point in time, he was you know just a mischievous kid running around you know town and smoking weed you know, drinking and drinking. Still all, in you know. high school or just out? He he was he was uh, still in high school. Okay, all right. So I, I think when we got out, you know, we had been put in touch with him. Sure, and we started playing and we clicked, but course, John was still young. He was still, you know, doing his thing with his high school friends. And so we sort of lost touch for a little while, but then ended up getting back together once he sort of cleaned up his act a bit. Sure. 98, 99. Uh, this, I guess this probably would have been 96, 97. Okay. All right. So this is sowing the seeds this, of oh, the feeling. Yeah. yeah. So we end up coming back together um we we always clicked john moves over to memphis somehow we we all stay in touch come back together again um i get with john john knows the singer chris chris okay and at that point in time there was another guitar player named uh, jim joblin and uh so i met up with them i like the alliteration jim joblin yeah jim Good. joblin and uh we started playing i brought aaron in okay. you know as a bass player and uh and that's i mean that's kind of the the beginning we started writing songs so you got four guys that's and a we right had five there. at that five point. okay yeah we had two guitar Wait. players me and jim were you, the you and jim joblin
0: were the guitar players yeah now, who, bass t- who player. took lead who took rhythm and is I, there a difference? Well, really,
1: matter? really, we were doing, I guess, what's considered metalcore. Okay, it's it's uh, it's got the raw, yeah, those types of vocals, you know. But um, there wasn't really leads per se. Do you just, mean, just kind I of battle really battle each other yeah, throughout the song, I mean, they,
0: play off each other?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, it was we both pretty much played rhythms but I may do like octaves something that's kind of lead like you yeah. know just as like like a like a melody type thing over you know the rhythms he's doing and I mean vice versa but uh so the lineup Jim Joplin uh, Aaron Aaron Winter on Chris, bass Chris Stafford it was the singer and I okay and I missed the fifth one uh John Keegan was the drummer. John Keegan the drummer okay the kid yeah. Oh, yeah. the kid. Yeah. The the, uh, the whippersnapper. Kid, the
0: whippersnapper. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, um and I'm probably glossing over like so much just trying to get to this point. But uh Yeah, no problem. But yeah, so if you remember something, we get back to it. <laughs> you can fill it in. So we started writing and we we got to a point where I think we had You say we're writing as everybody well, in, yeah, the process? Yeah. in in the group where yeah you know, I've always been the guy in the group who's like it's been put on him to hey, come up with something. We'll jam on it. Sure. Know? But I th- at that point Jim had uh Jim had a, a couple of really good parts. I think they had started on a couple of songs. When now I could know. they all read music? No,
0: no. So they were all playing by ear too. Yeah. So it's yeah. a bunch of guys. This is ragtag, man. Yeah, we all can yeah. we, you all can hear and play. Right,
1: exactly. So at that we point play off each other. So you're yeah, writing. You're writing. You know we're doing originals, but we get—I don't know—we get like a really short set together. Not enough that we think we can play out live, but an opportunity comes up to open, yeah. Uh, play a uh, playing in Memphis, and uh, we take it. We're just like, you know what? We're just going to do it. It'll be a short set, no big deal. And what's a short set? Oh man, it, it was probably twenty, maybe twenty minutes. Like 20 we minutes. had six okay. or seven songs, and we were—you know—of course. you You know, you're always shooting for at least 10, you know, or you've got some imaginary number. You're thinking, you know, this is this is the number you got to get to. But did you know those songs, those six songs real well, well enough to play in front of people and not embarrass yourself? Yeah, we we worked them up at that point. It's just we were still in the process of writing more because we wanted to have a longer set. But, you know, we just kind of thought, you know what, get in and out real quick, you know, just leave them want more. That's, you know, that's what you want to do. And it went over great. You know, we did a. You know, when you're playing music that that is aggressive like that, if you've got like two or three bands playing the same the same bill, sure. Hey, a, a short set's good sometimes. You know, a show does that make? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so and man, after the first or second show, there was actually a, a friend of ours named Rocky that was in, lived in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Um, nor was from there. And he heard us, and ended up taking, uh, or ended up going back to Birmingham and talking to a guy who ran a, a small label slash distribution, like Christian music distribution. Yeah, uh, Birmingham's uh, not a small town. That's, no, no, <laughs> no. But he went back and you know told him, hey, there's this band who's like really good. You should check them out. And sure. at that point, he was starting up his own his own moniker, his own label. You know, um it was called um uh, take hold records, take hold records take out of hold Birmingham, record. yeah, and so, Rocky told the guy, yeah, yeah, right. Rocky went to bat for us, and uh did he have a recording of you or I don't think he he had a recording of us actually, so this is all hearsay, and this is all hearsay, so, um, but he was looking for Christian bands so, by the way, we were Christian, oh, fantastic, and uh we. <laughs> We got offered to do a show because he had he was in one of those um, one of those districts where you know you had the storefront, but then you had like the big warehouse in the back, and it was like an industrial park type area. Sure. So he had the the music store where he sold the CDs, but he would have these. I mean, they probably weren't legal. You know, was, they were probably over capacity back in the. I think there's back statute the limitations here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, uh, there was a stage set up back there and we would, we would play shows. And that first show we played, like he had a lot of kids that would come to that spot and it was, the response was amazing. So from that, from there, you know, he, uh, we went in half, uh, for studio time and put out our first CD regeneration of self. What?
0: This is 2000. That's it. No, this is 90. 90.
1: It's like 99, maybe 99 yeah regenerate yourself
0: and of course we first cd how many songs oh
1: it was probably 10 or 11 10 or 11 you had yeah. those down had, had those at that point and uh we were never like a we never really toured you know yeah. we, we all had day jobs well so. you got the warehouse in the
0: back of the cd spot there
1: <laughs> well well, yeah, we would go play Birmingham quite a bit. We we would branch out as far away from Memphis as, yeah, we, as I, we could. I, how get. far is Birmingham? I, I I don't know the distance. Mm. Hundred hundred miles, two hundred from from Memphis. I want to say it was like maybe two two hundred miles. Yeah, something like that at least. Yeah, yeah. it was a couple of hours to you know, to get there. But it's from from wow. Memphis, yeah. So um, so we would go there. We would go to St. Louis. Okay. Missouri. Uh, Missouri. I was trying to think of the other places. Nashville. Played there.
0: You say you didn't tour. That sounds like touring to me. Well,
1: it's, it's, you would, you would take your weekends or whenever you could, or your vacation. Yeah. Even Nashville's six hours away. Yeah. You would, you would get it like you get as far as you could get and still make it back the next day to maybe make it to work if you had to be at work. Yeah. So. Still working at the grocery store? No, no. At this point I was, I was, let's see. Full time uh, rock star. I, I had had worked at Blockbuster. Okay. Uh, and uh, what's a Blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do they do? It's it's that store in the Captain Marvel uh, movie that she crashes into. Is it? Oh, spoilers, man! I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you see that in the trailer. Oh, I need to see it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so the video store Blockbuster. But I started working for FedEx, and I worked at the Memphis hub. Okay, and at one point, every member of your left standing worked at the Memphis Hub. Okay, yeah. So we would uh, we would just get out as far as we could go to to promote you know the CD or whatever, and it did it did really well. You know, we excellent. I mean, I, I can't tell you numbers really, but sure. I, I know we made a we couple bucks. Getting, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to open for POD, which was a big deal. Nice. You know, we opened for the Misfits, uh, Biohazard i'm sure a lot of these bands listeners won't know but they were oh they're looking them up right now who are those guys yeah we'll listen to the music Uh, among many other bands that you know we're we're fairly big in what we do or in the type of music we do but uh we did that and then we did our second no 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 no. uh a friend of ours here in little rock we put out a seven inch put out a little little two song record what's a record daddy <laughs> Grandpa, vinyl. Oh, oh, people know. I mean, vinyls, vinyls. Oh, it's coming back. back. Yeah, it is. It really, e- is. even even tape has come back, which is which amazes uh, me. That's crazy. Yeah, there's it, it a just, big underground punk yeah. movement with the the cassette tape. I'm uh, like, ah, uh, but I tape just vinyl, degrades tape. so much. Yeah. There's uh, a guy
0: that 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 records on tape, and then he waits waits for it to to degrade. He plays it so uh, much on a loop, and uses that. Sound as it's degrading yeah, and I just that. lets it spin an, down. Oh yeah, yeah. uses it in movies and other creative yeah. projects and stuff. Oh. I mean, I,
1: I guess I get it because you know the punk aesthetic. You, it's it's easier to get a hold of a tape player probably than it is a, I don't know, like the equipment for a for a record player. So, yeah, and, uh, MP3 recorder is, is cheap. <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody's yeah. got one on their phone, yeah. right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh you know your broke down punk jalopy may you know may still have a tape deck in it i don't i don't know but anyway so you made a seven inch record so i made a seven inch record and, and you that still was have fun. a copy of that i do actually. what yes, i do it, right. it was it was that translucent red vinyl thick red vinyl man it, it's beautiful all right if you can get a hold of jason lancaster maybe you can get him to part with it oh no, no no that's that is that's my personal copy and i don't i mean there was Maybe a few hundred made, but yeah. it was a small run. We did it with a, a buddy of ours, uh, Jerry Woe, which he has a podcast called You're Not Core. You're Not Core. Yeah. Okay, Jerry Woe. It's, it's a very niche podcast. You know, they yeah. talk about old old hardcore they like, or they, they kind of rate it, you know, go back and review, you know, stuff from, from uh, that style of music, but they're, they're pretty funny. Excellent. Um, so how many songs are on a seven inch? well this this was a song on one side you know it's those smaller vinyl records so sure. you had one song on one side and one like a forty five yeah,
0: yeah was it a forty five uh see 40. or was it 33 and third forty five is the little ones with the big hole yeah that you need a spindle for
1: no th- this had the small hole this uh wow but, okay. it, but it was a like twelve inch. inch it wasn't the big platter it was yeah like twelve inches inch is
0: the big one that you yeah, could no. put you know a few songs on yeah no. seven inch they had the small hole so one song on each side so a single okay yeah
1: yeah and they're for like three to four minute songs yeah so two different songs from the other 10 or 11 that you well got? one one we re-recorded for the second full length okay cd and the other one is you can only find on on that seven inch so you got 11 12 original
0: songs you in your repertoire at this point
1: uh it, yeah yeah at this point a you left standing. Yeah, yeah, like to eleven or twelve, twelve,
0: thirteen, something like that. Twelve? Yeah. Does that make a show? Yeah, that's about an, an hour, I guess, yeah, or close to an hour.
1: We didn't really do covers. Um, and, you know, our songs could be. I mean, I think we could have a maybe a forty at that point a forty-five minute set. Yeah, yeah, it's about fifteen songs an hour when you play them back to back. Yeah, yes. Um, but you don't yeah, you don't need to do long sets when you're doing originals like that for our type of music. So uh so we did that and that was that was fun because that was really it was DIY. That was you know, that sure. was just our buddies, you know, uh doing it with us. Well, who did the who did the press? Uh Jerry. You know, Jerry had uh the one in Birmingham lady, uh, No, no, no Jerry Chad Chad was in Birmingham. Chad is in Birmingham. He ran take hold
0: a record take hold okay and he put out your cd
1: yeah he put out the full-length cd yeah um, who just dis- he, he who distributed that at remember? that point I, I i don't think he had he had some pretty decent distribution i think it was through lumberjack distribution okay. though which never uh, heard it, of it it's, yeah <laughs> but it was you know i think it got out there it just wasn't as as wide as some other distribution companies but okay um, so chad's got the lumberjack and then yeah, but jerry's he, but got he Was a, always going like looking to get better distribution but jerry is he's just, got a press he's he's got like a home well, homemade press. no he it's just he uh he was he was just a uh kid that went to shows who loved music you know and he was friend a friend of ours so him and a buddy Decided to just, they would just help bands that they liked release their music. And how was he cutting records? How is now, he well, actually no. Actually making them. Basically, he would he would pay to have them, have them done. He didn't cut them. So it he was himself. recording on tape? No, like no. A master he tape. wasn't recording it. He was basically, he was on a smaller level doing what Chad was doing with us. Except he was just a, he would take bands that he liked. Sure. And just put some money into it mm-hmm. and, you know, have it shipped off to be uh, put on vinyl. Who's recording this? Uh, we, we, with that one, the first full length we did here in Little Rock with right. a guy named Barry Pointer at Pointer's okay. Palace. Okay. And, you know, he was, yeah, that was, you know, that first CD was, was you know, quality. but right. We wanted more of a lo-fi, crusty, punk you know sound on that 7 inch how would you do that it's 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 just you know we were into some pretty crusty punk you know uh style of music it sounds, too, that, clean, it yeah, sounds well, hey, too clean man yeah sounds look there there's something to be said for for some of the lo-fi stuff all right but uh yeah so we we went that route got with um got with a guy there in memphis I, i'm trying to remember what it is what his name was. But anyway. It'll come to you. It, yeah, it'll come to me. But we we recorded with him and uh you know put that out with trio woe, Jerry Woe. And uh two thousand maybe. Yeah, yeah,
0: end of ninety nine, maybe. Man, I'm I'm wanting to put you in two
1: thousand. You're you're
0: still well, still well, in the, the late nineties. yeah the, killing it. The
1: second the second C D was uh was two thousand okay yeah and that was uh we upped the production value on that we went back to barry pointer at pointer's palace and this is in little rock this is in little rock okay and he had good equipment yeah he had great equipment he was he was recording a lot of a lot of the bands that you know we were kind of in the in the orbit of sure so like living sacrifice recorded with him um so, of course, you know, we we liked the way their stuff sounded. So that's why we got with Barry. Yeah. But uh but yeah, uh, and
0: he made you a CD or you made a CD
1: with him. Well, he he was the guy who recorded the first CD and then we went right. back to him for the second full length. Yeah. How many more songs do you have in your pocket now? It's, it's, it's a it's it's another 11 or 12 songs that wow, we do for the, right. for the yeah we we wrote specifically for that one yeah you know, it, it, it came a time once we were done with the first cd and you know writing uh the couple of songs for the seven inch that we were like okay we got to sit down and write you know the second album okay i and, mean all original songs uh yeah all original now,
0: let's go back to the, the writing process since you just mentioned it who Who's writing the songs?
1: Are all of you in there? We lost Jim, the second guitar player, before we went into. My condolences lost. Well, well it's, 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 he, he, he left the band. Oh, okay. Okay. Now it's still, still kicking. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he, he left. And, um, but there were remnants of what we'd written together. Sure. And uh, so there was, there's, was, uh, there's a song or two that can be attributed uh, uh, to Jim. Oh. And then by the time it comes to the second CD, that's just, that's all of us we are four piece at that point. We try to bring in a couple of um, other guitar players. It just didn't work out. Sure. So, you no, know, you streamline now you four pieces. That's, that's yeah. a rock band right there. Yeah. yeah. But it, so at that point, the process of writing is I'll come up with, I'll come up with, you know, parts of songs. We'll work it out. Sure. uh, I've always worked well with with John the drummer. Okay. You know, we'll we'll just get together and we'll bang it out. You know, we'll just we'll start vibing on what we're doing. Yeah. And then it's you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. So we'll so we'll piece that together and try to come up with a good transition to get into this part. And try not to make it sound cut and paste, but actually try to make it flow. So
0: you and Chad are pretty much working this part out. And me, then, and me, and John, John, right, yeah. and then Aaron is on the bass, and then Chad. The details the, get real. No, no, no. That's all right. <laughs> I should be writing this down, but I, I'm, I'm figuring it out here.
1: um But yeah, so so John and I always worked well that way. Like we would just we would get together and just bang it out. Because uh, man, it's 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 one thing to sit in your room with the guitar and like just you know play these parts but when you got a drummer just like yeah you know rocking out with you man it's it's it can inspire you
0: i remember i went to an open mic one night in tobacco road down in uh, miami and one of my favorites open mics was just a bass player and a drummer and i think the guy just had a bucket yeah and they they were just working stuff out Mm -hmm. just the two of them it was
1: just so good if you got passion for what you're doing man it doesn't you know, I I was saying this recently. It doesn't matter what you're playing on. You know, if you got the talent, you know, you can it'll come through. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So we start right for that the the writing process. That was pretty much it. Is, is him and I would would kind of come up with these parts. Then we take it to Chris and Aaron. And of course, you know, everybody's an editor at that point. So of course, it's like yeah. So this uh, that's that's lame. Right, you know, we need to get away from that. So right. then I go back to the drawing board, and it's like, okay, you know, let's a, see. Any well. lyrics in these songs, or is uh, it all well, cre- to- No, no. This is this lyrics because you know Chris sure. Stafford was a singer, sure. So he was he's writing lyrics. He writes the lyrics. Yeah, but he's okay. he's listening to what we're we're doing musically. Yeah, and then he's writing, you know, lyrics to that. Okay, um, so now I'm as it. we go all right yeah so it's so it's basically us hashing out all these parts and then there's the editing process afterwards we, we all get together in the room and we're playing through what we can get through but then we're like ah that doesn't work okay let me try this and that and it just gets refined as you go until you've got your beginning middle and end
0: sure you know now this is all uh christian Mm -hmm. metal music what defines a christian metal band do you have to live a certain way too we
1: we always uh chris is very bold lyrically sure um very scripture based but we would always say we always wanted to go to the dirtiest places you go we went to the you know there was like a the the punk scene where, you know, Christians were not allowed to play. They didn't want a Christian band playing, but we actually, you know, made really good friends with some of these guys, and they went to bat for us to get us. You're getting the word out, man. You might get to save somebody. They went to what we call the punk rock high council. And was like, hey, look, man, these guys are good dudes. Let them play. So we got to play some places that other other groups probably wouldn't have gotten their foot in the door to play. And uh, so we, you know, we, would always say, "Hey, look, we're we're just filthy, dirty, you know, people, you know, human beings. You know, we have the same yeah. pitfalls as everybody else. Are you having to edit in these places, or or you're singing no. your song straight through? No, I'm just singing, singing them. You know, just singing them the way the way we wrote them. But uh-huh. um, but yeah. your scripture based. But the yeah, the Chris, message, yeah, the message is." You know, between the songs is, you know, hey, look, we're no better than anybody else. Yeah, You know, we we have the same downfalls as every other person. Sure, you know we're not above anybody. So, you know, and then of course there's the the subject matter in the songs, you know, the Christian, you know, uh, message. Well, so I, I'm listening. All right, I listen
0: to Christian rap music, and there's really no distinction except every once in a while they throw a Jesus in there. <laughs> is is that how the christian well,
1: metal is it, it at the point that we were doing that there was sort of this movement away from you know you were getting away from the the bold spirit-filled hardcore you know like the everybody was wanting to be oh, i'd rather be you know we we're christians in a band and not a christian band you know? uh, okay okay yeah so, so it, it, it's tried, Yeah, that the message gets a little more secular and less you know, less Christian.
0: Well, I mean, uh, y- y'all have to be church-going boys
1: to to yeah, yeah, be a part of this? No. I mean, didn't, did, I mean, did you have to strictly be in a church? No. Right. But, you know, but we all were. Good. point. Okay. I've been
0: through the gambit myself. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> What's that? Uh, uh, religiously, I've been through the yeah. gambit myself. So, yeah. you know, t- t- put my toes in many different uh aspects of it
1: yeah right just to kind right. of figure out where i was going that's, you know? that's what you do man you figure out you figure out where you stand sure but uh so yeah so we went into a lot of places that that maybe other groups wouldn't have gone into okay been in those situations um any fights break out any any rough housing uh were you feared for your lives and your equipment um we went on something called the 40 days of disaster tour. That <laughs> already, then, it already so, sounds like <laughs> Well, this was this was after this was after uh the second CD came out Wormwood, okay, and this is 2 this is This is, is 90, like 2000 2000, 2000. 2000. Okay. And so, you're touring for this record. Touring, touring for this record, and we're on the road with Under Oath, which some of your listeners, your younger guys, may know if they've been into like the screamo metal stuff. You know, they, they'll know Under Oath because Under Oath is playing like I see they're playing with um, Slipknot and uh, Oh, they're looking them up you now. Know, system of a Down on these huge you know, open air festivals all okay. over the world. But anyway, but at that point in time it was I think the only original member is the drummer at this point. And even he left for a little while and came back. At Under Oath. In Under Oath, okay. yeah. So anyway, we're we're on the road with them on the Forty Days of Disaster tour and all of these bands are on Take Who's old, opening for the who? Take hold label. I think it, that was one of those deals where we just at that point we were all kinda on even <laughs> even ground. No or, prima donna's here. Mm, no you're well, opening for me well i won't say they weren't prima donna. <laughs> you know the under oath went on to be you know what they were so there was some prima donna going on there but yeah. um we you know that well they did good i'm glad oh, they had yeah. some success as well yeah, yeah. um no no yeah it, it like i said that was a totally different band at that point um but we had on that tour we started what we called the bat fight bat yeah uh, we fight. yeah us older guys i'm we, Picturing Ozzy Osbourne here for some reason, <laughs> going back to him. We we got bored, so like in Colorado Springs, we decided we wanted to. We made these makeshift bats, but they were like foam bats. And okay. we would attack the other bands. Oh, okay, baseball bats. See, I'm thinking yeah. flying bats. You know no, the road? No, no, we we originally <laughs> so or are we people with wiffle ball wiffle ball bats. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they were foam. We weren't trying to, you know. anybody brain damage or nothing but we we would walk in while the other band was playing and just like oh yeah you Uh, know like we were like the gang from a clockwork orange sure enough we were being menacing to the band on stage yeah and uh it it sort of became a thing so we started having bat fight tournaments (laughs) okay and uh i remember jerry woe who you know put out the uh the seven inch him and our bass player aaron uh, it was one of those things where you're, you know, you're tied to one another. and You both got a bat and you're, swinging.
0: Yes. yes, okay. <clears throat> so we're out. You're in doing park. gladiator
1: fights here yeah. with bats. We're out in a in a park uh, when we're playing this festival and and we had this tournament with some of the other bands because at that point the other bands were getting in on it. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I remember those two going at it, and it was it was that thing where they just got more like. More aggressive, and they were getting pissed at one another. Yeah, so I had to finally jump in. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, you guys, yeah. look. <laughs> you guys are getting a little... you know, this is this is going into a whole, whole different direction. No
0: real shots, and man. No real like, shots. Like, you no, know, what are you talking about, man? <sighs> we're not man. You know.
1: <laughs> so Jerry, who was on tour with us, like the next day, he had this whelp. Oh my gosh, it was this black and blue and purple whelp on like the back, like his back. Oh well, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, the thing was like the size of like a sandwich. I oh, mean it was it was huge. on the back.
0: Yeah. Man, big time.
1: Yeah, but I mean it, it, it got a little out of hand. <laughs> it was fun though. We you know we uh it, it actually took on a life of its own and some of the groups that would come through Memphis had heard about it like how many stops on California, this tour you know would come and be like hey man we heard you guys like beat each other up with bats like a man come <laughs> on. It, they're like nerf bats it's
0: now, not that how, how many stops on this tour colorado springs and
1: it was meant to be we went st louis kansas city colorado or denver colorado outside of denver colorado yeah colorado springs salt lake city up, just up through Wyoming. Um, we went out to Washington State. So, how many, how, how many
0: moment. people uh, at these concerts? Do you think? How many, oh, how many seats?
1: Mean, the, you know, there was a couple of fe- there was like a festival. Sure. On the route, so there was a lot of people there. Like carnivals, but, you're playing? No, like, like music festivals, fair fairgrounds, I guess. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what the the one festival we we played in Stevenson, Washington, covered or not
0: covered. It, w- were the audience covered or they out,
1: weren't? It was outside, out
0: in the elements. Okay, yeah, out
1: in the elements. Just but you guys had we were, a nice day. Oh stage yeah, we were we set were up on stage out here looking looking at mountain you know ranges. It was yeah. Like, oh, this is great. You know, yes, it is. This
0: yeah you're getting out there you, you're yeah. seeing new
1: things it's wonderful yeah so we were going down the coast and we got to san francisco we were supposed to play a place outside of san francisco and uh chris and his wife at the time were having bad issues and, oh, okay. and Singer. we yeah so we basically jettisoned the tour at that point okay. to get back to memphis so because you didn't it make was, it to we, San Francisco? Yeah, the 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 plan was yeah we didn't play that show that night. Gotcha. we were supposed to make it down into like San Diego, yes, and then play our way back across.
0: That's funny. I've done that tour the opposite way. Doing really? D, D, yeah, I DJed with a singles group, and I did uh, from Florida uh, up out I ten to I eight mm. to San Diego, and made stops along the way. Went up with uh, well, the five, I guess. The, uh, yeah, all the way to L- L.A., Pasadena, mm-hmm. and then over to Sa- uh, Las Vegas.
1: You're starting to sound like that SNL skit. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Near the Californians,
1: uh, <laughs> California, yeah, you gotta take the eight to the seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, we jettisoned the tour and we didn't get to, we didn't get to finish it off with the fellas, but, uh, but it was fun. It, we almost well, lit Wyoming on fire,
0: you know, it you're talking about man. the bats and, and, and the different stops and I, I'm projecting where this story is going to go. And it didn't go quite where I yeah. thought it was. I, I thought there was going to be some
1: fans that were bringing real bats and getting oh, in on the yeah. action, well, having some fun. I remember under under oath of being on uh, like a serious satellite radio show, and th- the the guitar player or somebody was was talking about the bat fights, but they didn't attribute them to us. And I was thinking, oh, don't y'all be taking credit for for right. what we started. Come on, now right. it's like we would go after them with bats, but they would take Victoria's Secret body spray sure. and lighters. What and do they? They, they do a no. the flamethrower thing at us. No, to try to keep us away. No, that's dangerous. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. so because yeah. your, your bat does not
0: beat a, a victorious <laughs> Secret uh, flamethrower, or yeah. does it?
1: But well, we tried. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So anyway. So no, it 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 didn't get there. But we did have other bands come through that were like, man, we heard y'all beat y'all beat people up with bats. Said, no. Ooh, okay. um, that's awesome. That's awesome. That would be a great that'd be great, but oh, no.
0: I guess I should tell a people don't don't beat each other with a don't the bats, beat each other please. with the
1: <laughs> We were just bored. At the time my wife was uh with my parents in Hawaii. So what? I'm I'm sitting on the Colorado River thinking, Oh man, my wife's in Hawaii right now and I'm doing this to myself. Yeah. You know I, I, you can be in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly i ended up going but that was years later but anyway yeah, so,
0: yeah. I, i've never been need to get out there i guess i need to check that out so you cut the sh- the, the tour short uh chris and has ha- having family problems I,
1: yeah yeah i mean he was did he work it out hopefully uh, they got a oh yeah, sad eventually. news but um but yeah not it all worked out in the end but you know we we still kept doing our thing but uh 2000 2001 this was the 2000 you know at the end of 2000 i guess really chris decided he did not want to continue with feela standing anymore because of what was going on in his life he just didn't feel he felt like he was an imposter at that point okay you know he had so much crap going on with his marriage sure he did he he just didn't feel right being on stage you know uh, putting this message out and he's got Stuff going on his life keeping his own yeah. family i right.
0: know oh, i get it you got to keep your house straight as well
1: right and in you know, order we 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 got it you know we we uh decided we weren't going to do it anymore as few left standing no uh, yeah because we you know we were we were a gang we weren't you know this wasn't like a business thing we were you know I, we didn't want to do it with anybody didn't else. want to replace chris didn't want to replace chris couldn't replace chris oh uh, man it, it couldn't replace any of us and it'd be the same yeah so um but at the same point in time chad is selling take hold records to tooth and nail records okay Which tooth and nail is like the biggest independent and also a christian label um they had a subsidiary called solid State that did like all the the heavy stuff, but anyway, he basically sold his label out to Tooth and Nail. Like the bigger label bought the smaller label out. Okay, and uh, they they wanted us to continue on as left standing and put out you know sign a contract to do more records. And apparently, and it, this is hard for me to wrap my head around. One of the big reasons that. He bought take hold out was to get us what it was, it was to get us and it, and at that point uh, us and under oath were you know were big deals for the takehold label very good take hold continued or um under oath under continued oath. on yeah and became what they became they their sound drastically changed over yeah. the time um but we are they still going under oath uh, yeah, yeah. Under oath is still there's, like I said, they're still playing you know big open air you know uh metal festivals with uh you know people like the Scorpions and
0: what? Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and this is the end of the journey for, for few for standing.
1: standing yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean the thing is we're we're all, we're all brothers. We all you know still hang out and get together and you know be stupid together. Okay, but as far so you as still as, go? As as they're still in West Memphis. Uh, uh chris is in memphis yeah they, all of in that all those guys are still in memphis yeah and you go back over there and, and yeah because my family's there and my mom and dad still lives there oh, and i mean nice. i've got a lot more friends that are there so so yeah so we still go back and we've you know gotten together i mean we still get together we've tried to sort of get it back up and running over the years but for whatever reason it just never all right never gets to gets to going you know so, so few left standings broken up well, where do we so go we, from here? We we went ahead and we signed the contract um, for the Tooth and Nail buyout. Sure, you know, we, they, we basically you know signed the contract with Tooth and Nail that yeah, sure we'll put out another couple CDs, knowing that we weren't going to be together. But that got Chad the wider distribution that Tooth and Nail could provide. So for, the, for is, the rest of his bands. Oh, so this is under false pretense i guess i mean not really they they knew we had i think at that point they knew we were breaking up or 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 we were calling it quits okay um see i don't know how the music industry works well because they, they could they were basically buying the rights to the first two Full lengths. Okay, so they had the rights to those albums, and yeah, they were able so to they could
0: to push those, yeah. put those out, and and redistribute
1: them. And so Chad was, you know, Chad. I think was he was in dire straits with his, you know, the 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 Takehold record label. You know, he put a lot of money into it, sure, but he was a over his head. So yeah. he sold his company to Tooth and Nail became became an A and R guy for them. Oh, okay, so he's got a job. And he he's got was a good basi- job. Yeah, he was. He basically continued on under tooth and nail and he was repping for under oath. You know, okay. he was still he was still involved with under oath. Sounds like a decent uh-huh. job to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um but anyway, so we just you know, from then on out, we just uh kinda did our thing, had kids, got married and you know, if we weren't married at that point Yeah. You know, had divorces, couple you know, a couple of the guys and remarried right. and whatnot. So this All life, right. life happened after that. I've I've done music since. Okay, so capacities.
0: where are we at? Yeah, where are we at since then? Well, two thousand one, two thousand two. Where Where do we go?
1: I briefly got back into a group called To Serve Man. It was It was fun. I I, I recorded and put out a a full length. You can find on Bandcamp under To uh, To Serve Man Memphis. That was a good movie back in the fifties, right? That it was one where a, they were eating people. That the was aliens it. Was came outer outer limits episode?
0: Is what outer it limits, is. To yeah, serve Man. The cookbook is, is to yeah, serve man. To serve man,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, different context for the right, band. E- exactly, exactly. Oh, we hope. But uh, I did that. It was fun. It really ultimately didn't didn't really go anywhere. But it was fun to do. I enjoyed it. Those were good guys. Another but, three four piece band. This is like a this is a five piece five piece um, been, no, six piece. Six-piece, because there was a keyboard player. Whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah that was fun. I, I remember,
0: what was it, 79, uh, that uh, Van Halen said, oh, we're never going to use synthesizers. Mm-hmm. And then 1983, they came up with 1984, all synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you got a synthesizer in the band.
1: You know? Exactly. All right. Heck, even Michael McDonald wrote one of the songs on 1984. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, I didn't know that. So bet that. Okay. But uh, anyway, so I- Is I, that Yacht Rock? <laughs> uh, and look, it's part of the yacht rock story. If, if you get on YouTube, they do an episode about that. But um, but I did that, and uh, then we came here we, to Conway, we I, I took I took a job here in uh, in Conway, Arkansas, and really didn't do too much. I've always been recording in my you know in my house, like sure. just doing things. I'm basically, you know, it, it's one of those things about being a songwriter, is that or just a creative person, it doesn't really matter if it goes anywhere. You just are compelled to do it. Yeah, you still got your guitar. How, yeah. how many guitars do you have? It exploded here in the last couple of years. Come on. I, I found a good, cheap uh, connection. But at this point, I probably
0: got... <laughs> you got a dealer. <laughs> yeah, He's got a dealer. He's mainline. Yeah.
1: I, got, I got probably about uh, seven or eight. Seven or eight. Why? Why so many? That's like having wow. seven or eight cars. It's what? It, At some point, I wanted an SG style, or you know, one point I wanted a, uh, a Telecaster style. You know, I, it's do
0: they sound different? Are are they different when you play them? Uh, I have three guitars that I cannot play.
1: I, I've never been more. I've never been a gearhead. Sure, you know. Um, so you pick these up for a specific reason. Hey, I want that sound. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, they approximate the guitars that they're based off of, like the. Um, hard Luck Kings is the is the company, and they do basically all the popular styles. And, okay. and you know, I mean, they're fairly close. You know, I mean, I like them. I use them. I use them on stage when I play. I use them when I record. um Okay, so the Harley Kings is the
0: the Har- brand hard, name. Hard Luck Kings. Hard Luck Kings, and yeah. they're and they're making guitars that
1: are similar to yeah, SGs, but and, really cheap and like a hundred two hundred, you know, bucks yeah you know, they've got like some higher end ones but really the most expensive ones they make and maybe four hundred dollars
0: so all right so this is what what people will be spending on a starter kit anyway
1: right but, yeah you might as well get a, a guitar that you can actually keep for a little while and these yeah. are decent guitars that do I, they stay in so. tune
0: uh yeah because i remember my cousin uh timmy he played my my squire strat and he said man it's pretty good, but you know it knocks out of tune after Strats, a couple, of three songs. You Strats,
1: know? especially a uh, squire, the Strats are even back in the day, the days of Hendrix and Clapton. Strats are just known to not stay in tune very well. I mean, over the years they've gotten better, but yeah, Strats are notorious for for going out of tune real easy. Okay, yeah. so okay, what guitar would be your favorite? I guess that you would
0: pick up and just play for the most part.
1: Uh when I was a kid I was always I, I never had one never had the money but I wanted a uh, Les Paul. Yeah. So about I guess legendary 90, 96 my mom bought me a Les Paul Studio which is the lower rung but it's still a Les Paul. Still looks like a Les it Paul. It just Paul. doesn't have like classic the, shape. Yeah, it doesn't have like the neck binding and and uh some of the other you know, uh, things there. Is it in, pickups in, uh, and uh, yeah, it's things like that. It's, it's not the higher end, um, uh, details of some of the more expensive ones, but, um, but it was still Les Paul. So that was my main thing for years. I used it on the few left standing, you know, uh, CDs. Oh, you played those in studio. Yeah. At that, that point in time, those are my, the, the Les Paul was my main thing. And, um, for years up until very recently that was my main guitar i used and then i bought a hard luck kings flying v okay and i love that thing yeah i love it i mean they're neat looking it's still probably the 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 best sounding one of all the hard luck kings it's just it's got a nice thick like big sound yeah but um but yeah so well does that mean you can play it on every song or or has to be tuned differently it's just uh, I mean, you can uh, the telecasters and strats have a uh, what they call a single coil. Okay, pickup. Sure, and they're more twangy. Like they're they're really good for country or just more jangly style rock and roll yeah you know but if you're looking for like brutal like heavy right uh music you we want a humbucker sound which is, is generally it, your your les
0: paul's and okay i have a squire strat that has two or three single coils and then the the uh ibanez S uh, 120 i think it is it, that one has double humbuckers it's,
1: oh yeah so you got like the yeah like they're 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 two single coils together right yeah okay And it's got two of those mm-hmm. See, like i i have three guitars
0: but i cannot play any of them i just they're nice to look at i i've picked them up i've tried to play some yeah and i'm just not i haven't had the time but i know <laughs> if i had the desire i'd make the time you well, know because i make the time to do other things as
1: well had, had i not had my time in uh chattanooga just to myself up in my bedroom I don't know what would happen, but I, you know, it's, it, it took off and I, you know, I still have to go nowadays. I may go a couple of days without picking sure. up a guitar, but man, I'll, I'll just sit down and just zone out. And it, I've really learned that it's, it's a Zen thing. Really. You know, I like, I, I sit down and just kind of <sighs> my mind wanders when I'm just noodling. Right. So where's the Jason
0: Lancaster experience going now? See, uh, I said it, I said it on, I recorded it.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I play currently I'm playing with the group out of Russellville uh, called Cab Over Pete. Uh, and we uh, how long have you been doing that? Um, I've been doing that for the last maybe a year and a half,
0: year and a half since 2017 then.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah okay. Yeah, you yeah, started
0: yeah. with them that long ago.
1: Yeah. It, I know it doesn't seem like it, but it's, wow. it's, it's been a while. Um but yeah, so I've, I've been playing. Who are those dance. guys? Cab over Pete. Who are they? Cab over Pete. It's it's a it's really a, a southern rock you know outfit. You know we do we do a lot of covers, but we also do originals. We've just put out a EP that's on Spotify and iTunes and what's an EP? All your streaming yeah platforms. Um, it's it's not a full length. It's yeah. like six to seven. It's six songs. It's called Sixer because there's six Excellent. songs on it. Yeah. So we. So you're producing. You're creating.
0: Yeah, well go out and find it. What's the name of the, yeah. the album again? It, it's called Sixer. Cab Sixer. Over
1: Pete is the band. Sixer is the E P Cab over Pete. Cab Over, C-A-B. One word, which Rod told me oh. that if I brought this up that I should say Cab Over is one word. Cab over. Yeah. And that they, their their um, background is with uh shipping and, you know, trucking. Sure. I think the the, the fan there was a family owned business that, that those guys had. And um the Cab Over Pete comes from the the peterbilt trucks with right the cab over okay like uh, a sleeping cab. cab yeah, yeah okay yeah. now so no, i'm getting it from a to yeah. a to b which is not that far <laughs> <laughs> right right
0: so okay uh that's a step away from the metal you, it, it you said but, you were branching look, out It's
1: yeah i mean i grew up on all all kinds of stuff and this is this is a, a way it's just to have fun playing that. Some of the stuff that I grew up learning. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was a metal guy. I learned a lot of the hair metal, thrash metal stuff, but you know, I also heard the classic rock as well. You how, know, how many pieces in Cab Over Peak? That is a five piece. Okay. Yeah. I mean, standard two guitars, bass, two, drums. Two guitars. Well, no, actually it's three guitars. My bad, because Rod also played the guitar.
0: Well, who's Rod? Which one?
1: Rod, the singer slash guitar player
0: rod plays guitar and then wait there, where's the third guitar oh bass guitar
1: no well, there's no there's there's me and we've also added uh jeff russell so there's uh, three lead guitars and a well, bass guitar it, two lead in rod rock can actually play lead but he's not he, he's shy he don't like to you he know he, he he didn't feel too good about his skills as a lead player so okay. he, just, he leads it up to the to the two guys on the left and right of All right, so hey, that fills out the the sound a whole lot. Yes, it does. And then, plus
0: the bass guitar is that,
1: or is that one? So Casey Casey on bass. Wow. Okay, Casey Willis and um and uh, still making bass face. But still making bass face, man. He you have had to, to come out. and Full disclosure:
0: I had the opportunity to see them oh, alive, yeah. and and man, he makes some good faces. I will
1: tell you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ba- bass players got to stand out, so you know they got to do their own little show over in the corner. And he, oh my For god, sure. I, I tell him keep keep it up, man. It's it's great, it's great. Yeah, beginning of the show, he was all cool, but then once he got into it, oh man, mm-hmm. he was out there just uh, feeling yeah. it. So you got Rod and Chad, their brothers, uh, okay. Rod and Chad Cope. And uh, Chad is on drums. Chad so they, is on and, drums. Yeah, they've played forever together, obviously. Okay. And uh, Jeff is uh, Jeff Russell, the the other guitar player. He's a recent addition because he they needed a second guitar player to play play a gig around Christmas time because I wasn't able to. Right, get right. Yeah. And he he played with them since high school, so he kind of came back in the fold. And now we're just it's insane. We're just it's obnoxious how many guitars are going on in, in this group very good so but we get to do you know uh, some of the double lead sure. you know, harmony stuff and and there's still Rod playing the rhythm underneath how many gigs you playing in in a month uh, here lately i'm trying to think we we played one last month it seems like yeah um we've got a, into it yeah we got to uh let's see we've got a fundraiser Happening on the 27th of this month. And then May 3rd, though, which is the CD release party at Old Town Bank in Russellville. May 3rd. Our, uh, May 3rd. May 3rd. Be there. <laughs> um, Yeah, we're playing the Old Town Bank on Friday night. Um And it's, yeah, it's, it should be awesome. The responses we've gotten at, at uh, the Old Bank is, is great. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah so all right so uh any other uh, endeavors musically I, I i've always got stuff going on i got a super secret uh project that i'm i'm working on uh, come on it's just you and me uh, no, don't worry about no, it no, it's not nah, just tell Just, just tell me uh, just no, tell me tell me, tell me in my ear secret yeah. I, i'm uh yeah i'm i'm writing music for for something and and uh working with some guys excellent yeah and we're we're gonna get it together i'm also working with a guy um out of brinkley um and that's that's more of the hair metal there Not I, I don't i don't want to say hair metal but it's it's more of my indulgences from back whenever i was younger you know more the stuff i grew up like well, learning to play jason lancaster i think i've taken it up enough of your time it's <laughs> sunday it's about
0: noon and the family looks like they're hungry and they're ready to be with you man enjoy your lazy sunday uh so where do the people find out more about you where where can they contact you socially
1: uh well i'm uh i'm lee carlisle on Uh, facebook if you're if you're looking for me personally but i also have uh jason lancaster guitarist is a as a page i run off of off of that one and that's where i do all the
0: promotional stuff excellent jason lancaster guitarist i'll definitely put that up in the show notes or at least on the picture that i steal from your facebook (laughs) and make into the the cover pick for this podcast
1: i look forward to it you feel good You feel feel, like we did something i feel good yeah i probably said a lot of likes and ums and sounded like a complete moron but sure let's you know let's go with it
0: no it just gets better and better and better (laughs)
1: ever forward
0: jason lancaster yes, thank sir. you so much well,
1: congratulations what, on this podcast it's it's look you've got up and running and just ran with it i mean man,
0: i'm having a good time getting to know more about people that i'm interested in and and you are definitely one of those people and you said i was going to have trouble finding a uh, time to, to get with you and and here we found the time (laughs) we finally did it about uh what is it 12 podcasts in i think you might be lucky number 13 (laughs) that's appropriate (laughs) all right then what makes you famous jason lancaster thank you thank you well party people that was jason lancaster guitarist rock god dare i say it i think i just said it (laughs) i learned a little bit more about jason that i didn't know before so happy that he allowed me to come to his beautiful house and disturb him and his family on a Sunday and learn more. Thank you, Jason Lancaster. Well, that's it for this episode of What Makes You Famous. If you want to be a part of the show, perhaps tell your story on the program. Give me a call at 501-470-6386 or send me an email, info at com. Well, that's it for this edition this is Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace! I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Duran Duran took their name from a mad scientist in the movie Barbarella. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of KeysDan.com. Follow Radio What? on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of RadioWhat?com. The music you want is on.